Welcome to News in Context. I'm Gina Valeria. In this episode, I talk with Sapna Sadagopan, co-founder of Ziza News for Kids, an outlet that provides reliable, relatable, current, and easy-to-understand news and information for tweens and teens. In addition to offering news, Ziza also invites young people to cover the news. Anyone under 18 can become a junior reporter, where you have the opportunity to craft news stories and opinion pieces, engage via polls, and share information about news and events happening near you. Ziza News is primarily print and digital, but I did find a couple audio-video examples online. One junior reporter had the same idea I had. Hi, I'm Chloe, a junior reporter for Ziza, and today I thought it'd be fun to talk to the people who created Ziza. So let's get started, because I have a bunch of questions to ask. Junior reporters at Ziza often write their stories. Ziza also creates videos with captions, and every once in a while, there might be a video or audio piece like this one. Hi, I'm Katie, a junior reporter for XYZA, and I'm reporting the 2018 Winter Olympics, and this is my story. There have been a lot of interesting skaters in the 2018 Winter Olympics pair figure skating. And I had a lot of favorite moments, but this one was one of my favorites. I like the German pair, Aleona Savchenko and Bruno Masso's performance. They had cool moves and also won the gold medal in Paris figure skating. Hooray! My interview with Sapna covered so much, I couldn't fit it all into one 30-minute segment. So, this episode is part one of two. Here we focus on what Ziza is and how it connects kids to the news. In part two, we'll explore how kids, parents, and teachers think about news, and how Ziza navigates news and contributes to media literacy and curiosity. Sapna, thank you so much for being with me today. Absolutely. First, I actually want to talk about Ziza News, X-Y-Z-A, which I think is so clever. Tell me a little bit about about Ziza. So Ziza started about three and a half years ago. Probably uh, the idea started a little bit earlier than that, but it essentially came out of this conversation that I was having with my friends slash classmates slash co-founder, Joanne, who went with me to business school, and we are both parents, and we both live in San Francisco, and one of the questions that we were discussing was where because it was 2016 and we were talking about the news and we were talking about elections and so forth and where is the real source of news for kids and where does that sit and where does that exist um, and how can we find something that's suitable Uh, and I come from India I grew up in India and I remember as I was growing up there would be this newspaper and I think there was also this huge hunger for learning about what's happening in the world, at least India in the 80s, I guess. But uh, there was always this kind of supplement to the newspaper that was for kids. And that wasn't necessarily talking down to kids, but essentially kind of giving them an, a glimpse into what's happening in the world. And I moved here, I don't know, 20 years ago. And to me, it was surprising that there wasn't something like that. They still exist, but they very much sit in a classroom setting. You know, you have all these magazines that... You know, teachers can possibly use, but for a family to have something where, you know, parents are following news anyway, like how can they share and discuss that with their kids? Uh, It seemed like there was definitely a huge gap there. So we started kind of testing out this idea, essentially asking our parent friends, what do you think? And it always got this reaction where people are like, oh, my God, that totally makes sense. There should be something that's news for kids. 
but I don't know of any. And there was always that kind of like, oh, I don't know if there is anything that I can really kind of mention. And so for us, it was clearly an aha moment where we were like, there needs to be something in this space. So we started kind of working at different ways to, to you know, share news and what should it look like and should it be kind of for a particular age group? Because obviously when we say kids, it's a huge age range. It's essentially zero to 18. So what we were testing out initially was what is the sweet spot in terms of where is it that kids are actually interested and curious about news and you know what do they have for that age so essentially that's how Ziza was formed the idea is to bring news to kids who are in elementary and middle school older elementary and middle schools we call them tweens and teens but um, essentially those who are starting to kind of be more aware of what's happening around them and asking questions and provide a way for families to actually thoughtfully discuss news in a way that's that's relatable to kids and it's it makes sense it's not quite out there that's amazing i so many questions but i actually want to go back to the fact that they have a new supplement for kids in india they used to i think it still exists and i think the whole idea was essentially it was like a saturday supplement and of course there are like fun games and things but i think in general there's always this hunger and interest in learning about what's happening outside of the country at least in the 80s that was the case right like india was still a small is still you know, small country, um, not internationally known then. So it was really interesting because the idea was to share what's happening around us to kids so that you can inspire them and kind of create this interesting, uh, you know, connection with the news. And I feel like the counterpart to that, and this is something my co-founder always talks about, like she talks about Schoolhouse Rock as being this ultimate. And it, uh, when I saw it for the first time, obviously as a grown-up, I was like, this is amazing. It's a shame that there isn't anything that is eventually like, you know, 2018, 2020. What is the 2020 equivalent to something like that? And there was really no big outlet in this space. So that was essentially. And for me, I came at it because you know I come from a family where my grandfather was a news reporter. He covered the Indian independence, like he was on the streets, you know, when the country became free. So to me, growing up with those kind of stories about the news and what it actually means to be able to thoughtfully relay news was something that was really kind of deep in me for the longest time. So anyway, all of it came together in this in this idea and this, uh, you know, effort or mission to essentially kind of the next generation needs to be connected to the news and we want to help make that happen. Yeah, it's always, but really more now than ever when there is so much need for things like media literacy education. And you're right. I wouldn't have thought of it myself, but Schoolhouse Rock was it was a moment in time for the U.S., you know, rather than an ongoing effort to engage kids in the news. And that is interesting that that stopped. And it was I was a child when Schoolhouse Rock was there. And it was so meaningful because it really helped me understand processes in a way that I it was accessible to me and that I really actually wanted to know. Right. Yeah. Some of the things that we always hear, right, like when we talk about, oh, we are working on this, that's bringing news to kids. There's always this interesting kind of pause where people are like, but, you know, should kids really know what's happening? And there is an entire segment which is worried that news is big and scary and it's terrible. And there's this other segment that is definitely thinking like, yes, but it's also coming from their kind of personal belief and opinion. And for us, the idea is... News should be relatable, but news isn't always one thing. I think we forget, I mean, since 2016, I think we've forgotten that 
news is more than politics. So when we're talking to kids about news, we are not necessarily trying to talk to them essentially about policies and you know what's happening in the world of elections. And we are, but there is also kind of so many fascinating aspects to the news that it's easy to forget that right now. But our goal is a bring news to kids and show how fascinating news can be. It's not that boring thing that parents are talking about all the time because space, science, technology, all of this has so much happening in, in terms of news. But secondly, to also contextualize it. And I feel like that's kind of, uh, it, it, it's kind of our focus, but it's also a harder thing to do, which is, and I always bring up this example of like the Brexit, right? I mean, we, we actually have this video that breaks down Brexit for kids, but we also talk about it quite a bit. But technically, for a kid sitting in, I don't know, Palo Alto or like Mountain View or anywhere like, you know, L.A., the idea of Brexit is so far out there. Like, does it really make sense for them, the whole idea of Brexit? But the way we contextualize that is in your school, what if your classroom broke away from your school? Do you have access to the cafeteria? Do you have access to the playground? Do you have access to the library? And the idea is to not necessarily talk about these big concepts that could be too complicated for a kid and frankly not necessarily relatable, but to actually make it relevant in their world. And that's essentially with every kind of news story we share, the goal is always to say, why does this make sense to a kid? Because it teaches you something about the world. It teaches you something about the people behind decisions. It teaches you that there are there are sides to a story. I mean, how much ever, like, I'm opinionated when it comes to talking about news, and I obviously have my preferences, but to understand that with even with things like news, where there can be so many passionate discussions, there are sides to the story. There are people behind these decisions. What makes sense today may not make sense tomorrow. We shared the story about how I think in Hawaii, there were essentially new species introduced, but for a very specific reason, and now it's starting to become more and more of an issue. So, but then it's not necessarily a snapshot in time. People make decisions and it impacts things much later. So for us, providing that context around news and make it relatable is really important. It's really hard to do, but it's definitely uh, really important. And so it's not just talking about, hey, elections happened today and just reporting. It's actually providing that context that we are fixated on. Right, yeah. exactly. And and that's really important. I, your examples are so amazing. The idea of talking about classrooms and cafeteria that obviously students can probably get really into that and think about what would that look like? And yeah, yeah. How are children or kids or teens receiving the, the Ziza content? We started as a downloadable PDF because we were trying to keep our job simple and just focus on you know the content. Um, and I think for us, we've been kind of poking around different ways to actually do this. So we started with that and it was great. And then when we actually created what, you know, we are an ad-free service. So our focus is uh, essentially subscriptions. And so when we started off, okay, how does a subscription look like? It was really interesting. 2017, when we were like, well, of course, it's all going to be digital, right? And then actually, we got this pushback where parents were actually interested in receiving a printed newspaper. No which way. sounds super counterintuitive. But we also want to keep in mind that the audience is not necessarily all like 
teenagers. It's a combination of like older elementary kids as well as uh, you know teenagers as well. So that was a factor in us essentially delivering news in print and online, and as well a mobile app because you know who doesn't do mobile, <laughs> I guess. But um, I think for us, access was also a big part of it. So we work with school libraries and we work with schools in the middle of Wisconsin, where you know the whole idea of an iPad for every kid is 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 not necessarily the norm. I <laughs> think it's it's easy to think of it as the norm sitting in San Francisco on the Bay Area. Well, of course, everybody must be having, you know, an iPad, like, you know, just set up in, 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 in a fantastic way. It's not the case. So for us, uh, access was important. So that is essentially why we chose for Zaza uh, to be a monthly printed newspaper that gets shipped, but also online, which is essentially, you know, on the website as well as mobile. Um, we have kind of poked around and figured out, you know, we are essentially written content. It's news stories uh, but we're also kind of poking around you know for bigger topics we do focus on some videos that help explain topics a little bit better and a bit more visually but we're still kind of figuring out you know what is a good combination of ways to deliver this but right now that this is kind of how we are set up where it's yeah let's talk about the younger kids first the older elementary sure um, how do you find that they're engaging with the content or 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 processing it when we started we were just creating kind of these um, papers and delivering news as news stories, just like a magazine would. And I think for us, the goal was also to keep it fun and interesting. So we introduced elements like, you know, there's a word search and there's like a trivia. And so those were definitely things that the younger audience uh, started to kind of um, engage with. And I know we have received, it's so funny, we have this news uh, word search in the printed newspaper where like they have to find words and like essentially map it. And we've heard, you know, parents talk about how in the backseat they're sitting and doing that, which is great. But in, I think I want to say a year and a half back or a couple of years ago, there was this um, kid who wanted to report on something because she was, I think, going to watch. She was super passionate about the Olympics and she wanted to share like the bobsledding, which I have zero knowledge of. Like I know it's a sport. I know it's in the Olympics, but she is a passionate kind of follower of bobsledding. And she was like, I really feel like people should know about bobsledding. And we were like, well, you know, share what you are watching the Olympics. You're seeing what's happening. You obviously have favorites and you have, you know, knowledge about this. So what we started to notice was while the younger audience is focused on kind of the fun news and the trivia and all of that good stuff, the older is started to skew towards being heard. And like they wanted to share their opinions and they wanted to share some of their insights into whatever thing they were passionate about. And not every kid is going to be into bobsledding. We know kids who are sharing kind of like their notes from the climate march that happened last year. And you know, possibly this year, we'll hear from them as well. So not every kid is into everything in the news, but they have their hooks and they have their passion points so we are essentially focused on nurturing this and you know making sure that whatever they have as their point of view is is heard and that they're able to express it based on what's happening in the news so when we ask questions about um, you know sports or when we ask questions about like what do you think about this particular law that came about uh, we want to hear from them and that's definitely coming from the older segment that's definitely coming from kind of the tweens and the teens you know middle schoolers definitely passionate about things um, and so that's kind of how we are seeing the engagement evolve. And our goal is to keep that engagement going. It's not necessarily to provide games, but when you react to something in the news, when you share your opinion, you're essentially pausing to think about it. When you're reading somebody else's uh, opinion or some other kid's opinion, because you know it's, it's kids kind of listening to kids here, 
there is this interest that can potentially develop out of that. So our goal is to always to encourage that and kind of nurture that. So the engagement just widely varies depending on the age, but all is good. <laughs> We're talking with Sapna Sadagopan, co-founder of Ziza News for Kids. This is part one of my interview with Sapna. Hear part two next week. And what a great point you make about when you are formulating an opinion, it means you have to think about it. You do. I mean, I think I think one of the things, and we always talk about how, especially when we're talking about different sides to our story, even in our team. So we are essentially focused on content. I mean, we are not necessarily a technology company, but um, my co-founder and I, we come from very different points of view. So we always debate about things like, what is the museum? And I know we were talking about this when things like uh, the Museum of Ice Cream came around and I was like well what is really a museum like should it so we have these debates happen all the time and our goal is not necessarily to say one thing is right and one thing is wrong like people make decisions that are relevant with the information that they have and there are like you know people who support it and people who are against it but our goal is to give all of that give all the sides and then ask the question what do you think like what do you think should be happening here uh, and not necessarily I mean it's definitely hard to do with certain topics, but our focus is always provide multiple sides to the story, ask open-ended questions, and get them to think about it. And if if they are thinking about it and responding for us that day, it's our win for the day. We're able to actually get kids to think about it. And so our focus is essentially, um, sure, reading, writing, communication, and all of that. But when you pause to think about something, that that moment is what we strive for, essentially, where you're like, oh, you thought about it. Sure, like it's your point of view, but you pause to think about it. So that's essentially our, our goal. Oh, I love that. You said something else earlier about meeting the students where they are and engaging where their interests lie, mm -hmm. which obviously a great strategy. I'm curious, though, uh, so much of the problem with our current news media landscape is, oh, I only want the news that I want. Yeah. I don't want to engage across anything that I don't already like. Yeah. So I'm curious, is there anything that Ziza is doing to certainly engage kids and bring them in where their interests lie, but expose them to other types of content? Sure. And I think that's absolutely true. I, I feel like, um, you know, especially when we talk about, well, I personally am not a huge sports fan, but I know sports is, you know, big, like basketball, all of that I feel like you know there are definitely passionate people around it I think for us we always do this kind of step back to see what is the bigger lesson to be learned here like what is the bigger topic here and so when we are thinking about it the actual category of news is secondary and like the first point is like what is the big lesson we are learning or what is the aha moment or what is it something that we are learning about the world here and so when we talk about something presumably as boring as um you know, bills that are being passed. There was this whole discussion about late start time for schools so that kids can sleep in. And so for us, it, it's technically a slightly boring. It's like a, how a bill is being passed and it's going to take its time and there are like, you know, people who are for it and against it. But the bigger question there is like, what is this idea about sleeping in? Like there are some people for it and there are some people against it. So for us, the idea of making a news topic, it's it's called, you know, spinach in the lasagna kind of thing <laughs> or spinach in, you know, your like burger. Right. The idea is 
you realize at the end of it that you've learned something about sports, but actually you clicked or like you read that article because it was this bigger question about what does standing up for yourself really mean? And then you realize Serena Williams and Colin Kaepernick. And so all of that is getting kind of folded in. But the bigger topic is this kind of question that any kid is probably thinking about, which is like standing up, like would you fight for something? And, you know, what does it mean when you get what you want and things like that? So we tend to kind of think about it as a bigger lesson about the world, the fact that it's sports is secondary. The fact that it's technology is like secondary to the whole thing. And so even when we're talking about something like even within tech, you know, what are these old old technologies that came about keyboard and so forth like what do they mean today we're actually talking about the history of technology but then we're actually pulling it to today and then you have you know a mobile phone so the idea is essentially to think about the lesson or like the bigger story there that has an aha moment and the category of news is almost secondary to it so that's that's essentially kind of the focus with a lot of the news stories, especially when we start to go into spaces which could be perceivably, you know, not that interesting to a kid. It's the idea is what is the fun thing to learn here? And it happens to be sports or it happens to be politics or it happens to be, you know, entertainment or whatever it is. Oh, I love that. I actually approach my teaching in much the same way, uh, thinking about what's going to engage them or get them to be like, oh, my gosh. And then obviously the lesson is underneath And then that. the speech comes yes. in. Yes. <laughs> and then the speech is like snuck in there. But uh, yeah, that's been interesting to see because it doesn't make us think of categories as much as like, you know, what are the interesting things to share about the world today? Because I think there's always stuff happening in the world that could be fascinating, even when we talk about things like elections. We talk about it in the context of U.S., but it's actually, you know how many elections are happening? This Like last year, there were a phenomenal number of elections happening around the world. So we actually created kind of like this map where we were talking about these are the different countries where different elections. And by the way, election is not the same across the world. And so it's kind of interesting because it can you can really throw a lot of insight into something that you think is a really, you know, straightforward or like boring topic because you're providing some context and some aha moments there about things, you know, how the world works. You talk a lot about engagement. I guess I want to learn a little bit more about how Ziza works with kids. So you're generating and creating and crafting content, but then there's also this piece where do students get to also contribute content? Yeah, I want to say it happens in probably three different ways. One of them is the fairly simplistic thing that you see in um, most sites, I guess. So we have a poll. Every week there is a poll that is, it's a topic in the news. It's not necessarily what's your favorite color, but it's actually something that is connected to a news story. So the poll is essentially a simple and easy way where kids can just kind of respond and say, oh yeah, that's what I think. Like, what do you think should be the word of the year? Because I think the Merriam-Webster dictionary, they announced a word of the year and it was they. Um, that was their chosen word of the year. Like, And so our question is like, what do you think should be the word? So it's a simple, easy way to really get some engagement. So polls and trivias help do that part. Uh, most of our news uh, stories essentially end with a question. And we highlight some of these questions, especially, I mean, for us, it's been interesting because we started off, and I think we still think of ourselves as a consumer-facing uh, service. So we're not necessarily thinking of ourselves as, you know, 
a common core academic curriculum. But we know that there are teachers and there are librarians who are like looking for additional resources to share with their students. So for us, one of the things that has been really interesting is asking those open-ended questions towards the end and having it open up to them to say, what do you think about this particular decision? Do you think they should have done this? Why or why not? And so those have always, I think one of the recent questions that we asked was like, about the age of a candidate who is, you know, in the presidential elections. Does age really matter? Because obviously it's a topic that we're all, like, uh, paying attention to. But is there something, like, too old? Or is there such a thing as too young? And so the idea is to make them pause and think about it, not as that particular news story, but to essentially get them to share their opinion. No, actually, uh, there's no such thing as, like, you know, too old. Uh, there's no such thing as too young. But those are all opinions and perspectives that we appreciate. So that's kind of the second way. And the third way for us as been really interesting because we want to provide them opportunities to experience things and share it with other people across our reader landscape. For example, when um, Project Ocean Cleanup launched out of Alameda, it was essentially this this guy who was creating this uh, mechanism to clean the oceans, and it was going to launch, and it was a big kind of... Uh, Is that the one where he was picking up plastic with the yes. surface? Yes, and it actually came back, and it actually launched locally. I mean, we are in the Bay Area, and I think we are so glad that we happen to have met and come up with this in San Francisco because the opportunities here to be able to kind of, you know, do things like that are just so amazing. So essentially press passes where you can actually go visit and listen and hear things. So we have this program where we essentially offer press passes to interesting events in the news. So when City Arts and Lecture had Misty Copeland come in and speak, we were able to have some of our uh, junior reporters go and listen to Daniel Handler when he spoke or you know, essentially be able to hear from people that are their role models and share like what they learned with the other readers across the community. So essentially kind of being junior reporters in a way, we have kids interview the warriors and oh my god that was an that was a moment where I remember there was this kid who was just standing there and he was just like with his mouth open he was just staring and I'm like you need to move like we need to keep walking there but they essentially got to ask questions of you know what their role models in a way and so it's providing them opportunities when you talk to somebody who's uh, sharing their perspective of like environmental like justice or like you know research, or they're sharing their perspective on uh, you know Misty Copeland and you know how being like you know African American, so essentially for us. It's really interesting because what you're actually doing is you're connecting to the news and what's happening in the world right now. It just seems like this fabulous opportunity. We had kids who went to actually interview uh, when the mayoral elections came about. In San Francisco. Mark Leno. And they actually got to meet with him and ask him questions. And it was fabulous because we had all these kind of elementary school and middle school aged kids ask him questions. And he was like, where are these questions coming from? And I'm like, I swear we did not coach them in any way. This is just questions that they have. What they're actually doing is connecting with their communities, connecting with what's happening around the world. So the more opportunities we can provide for them to do that, the better. And so we actually have kids who are going this weekend to the Children's Movie Festival in Oakland, where they're you know going to attend these movie screenings. They're going to watch movies that were on the Oscars, um, and they're going to essentially be able to meet some of the homemakers there. And so for us... All of these are opportunities where they're connecting with their community, connecting with what's happening in the world, whether they're interviewing kind of a mayoral candidate or somebody who's kind of like, uh, you know, doing something amazing in the 
world of ocean cleanup. So that's kind of like our larger kind of effort there and definitely a little bit more intensive because we're looking to find opportunities where they can actually engage and connect with people, leaders. Obviously, that's something that older kids gravitate to and they're able to kind of, you know, really, like there was a youth congress event that happened last year and we had junior reporters go there and cover it and talk to was it? It was in San Francisco, which is so interesting. And I think for us, being able to provide these opportunities means that's another way that they can connect to the news. So it's kind of runs the range, uh, but it's also because our audience is so uh, diverse in the age group, at least. So the idea is, you know, what can we provide where we can meet them, where they are at? And we're not asking, you know, a seven-year-old to write an essay, but we're asking, you know, a 14-year-old, would you like to interview someone? So there's kind of like providing those opportunities that that's, uh, you know, powering. If you're in the Bay Area, in San Francisco, you can be a junior reporter. Mm-hmm. How does one get to be a junior reporter? For us, uh, it's it's fairly simple. You just sign up. I mean, we are also, <laughs> it's always interesting because we are a kids-focused organization, but we are still interacting with parents and teachers quite a bit. It's always interesting because when we talk to people about, oh yeah, kids are all on Instagram and they're all on like, you know, whatever, Snapchat, right? And we're like, well, you know, technically not all kids are supposed to be, first of all, on any of these channels. But um, for us, parents essentially sign them up to be junior reporters. We need a parental consent at least. Um, And so once they're signed up, they essentially get uh, emails, they get opportunities. So we just send it out to them. We have a junior reporter page on our site where everything gets updated. So that's kind of where they can go to to see what's the latest happening. And we feature junior reporters. We feature kind of kids who've shared like really fascinating perspectives. And the idea is to kind of motivate and inspire kids to say, oh, you know, I have an opinion on that too. I would like to share that as well. You have been listening to News in Context. To find out more about Ziza News for Kids, well, I'll let Ziza Junior Reporter Chloe tell you. Hey guys, I love being a junior reporter for Ziza. If you want to join the team, you can email editor at ZizaNews.com. Anyone can join the team. And you don't have to be a writer. You can take pictures, record a video, or record something like what I'm doing right now. And you can hear part two of my interview with Safna next week or online at newsincontext.net. Music in this episode includes Spring Fling by Track Tribe and The Heist by Silent Partner. In addition to hearing News in Context every Friday at 8.30 a.m. and 6.30 p.m. on KSFP 102.5 in San Francisco, you can hear it on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, YouTube, and PRX. We're also on Twitter at News in Context SF, and you can find links to all of that at newsincontext.net. I'm Gina Valeria. Thank you for listening.